Hello, it's a good day, friends, and welcome to Our Power is Within. I'm your host, Chaz Smith, aka Just Chaz, and I am on a mission to inspire people to take their power back and help people to realize that each and every one of us has a healer within our own self. When we can create an environment that supports healing and get out of our own way, we are truly capable of healing in mind, body, and soul. Will you continue to help me spread this message so that we can inspire even more people in this coming year? There are several ways that you can help support this podcast and spread the message of empowerment, healing, and possibility. You could take a moment and leave a five-star rating or a quick review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can share your favorite episode with a friend or on your social media and tag me at Our Power Is Within. How did the laughter challenge go for you this last week? Honestly, I am so grateful that we did this challenge because it really helped me to stay committed to myself and to laugh every day, and I absolutely know that made a difference in my life. I really hope that you also benefited from that increased dose as well. So let's see, what should we do for this week's challenge? I was thinking that we should go classic neoplasticity because it's actually been a really long time since I challenged us to all change our routes and mix up the directions that we usually take. Um, Most of us know that we often get into like habits or stuck in our routines where maybe we walk around the same block every day or we take the same route to and from work. And so for this next week, let's make some shifts and help support ourselves getting out of autopilot and into our conscious minds. Um, we can change things up and keep ourselves on our toes. So maybe you can walk around a new blog or take a different path, or you can get creative and find new routes to and from work or wherever it is that you drive frequently. Uh, Maybe you go right when you usually go left, or you turn left when you usually go right. I say just have fun, get creative, explore, and then enjoy being a little bit more present in the experience noticing new surroundings. This will be a good one for me because I definitely can say that as um, like living in this new area, I'm still learning my way everywhere. So I still rely quite a bit on the um, Maps app and it tends to take me the same route all the time. And so I think it's going to be really good for me to challenge myself to find new routes and explore new roads and... um, I might just actually discover more things in the area that I don't even know about. So yeah, have fun with this, enjoy it, and let me know how it goes. So our guest today is Claudia Serakowski. Claudia is a certified love, sex, and relationship coach. And I get it. Some of you might already be wondering why... Is there a sex, love, and relationship coast on this podcast? Isn't this podcast about healing? Yes, it is. Exactly. And that is why we have her on this show. Because the further I walk through this path called life and on this journey of healing or becoming, the more I realize that the deeper it all goes. Y'all have heard me say it a hundred times now that I feel personally our pain and illness is an indicator of how out of alignment we've become with our authentic self. And there are so many facets to self. There's so many areas of our life 
um, that we can dive into and explore. There's so many different layers of traumas. There's different parts of us. There's different belief systems, different conditioning, and all this that may or may not have contributed to our dis-ease in our body. Um, And in my personal experience, the more layers that I peel back and the more I realize that I had things to unwind, unfold, unpack, and acknowledge... um, the more I realized that there's this realm of sex and sexuality that is also an an energy within us, a, an integral part of us that plays a role. And uh, so, you know, there it is. Um, the energy is deeply rooted in our being. It's intertwined with our creative life, life force. And so, yeah, my main goal in this podcast isn't to just open our minds to possibilities of healing once we've already become ill, but also explore all the facets of ourselves and work on healing parts of ourselves to help prevent us from getting ill or just to upgrade our life in general. Because remember, healing is mind, body, and soul on this journey. I will say there could be some triggers in this episode, depending on your story or where you're at. Obviously, we're all triggered differently. I will admit to you that this wasn't the easiest conversation for me to have at some points. I found myself experiencing embarrassment. I found myself experiencing um, my own feelings of like guilt or shame or almost, gosh, you guys, almost even moments where I felt this own like inner disgust. Like there's a lot that came up and you know what? It was so much fun still. And it was such a beautiful opportunity for me to sit with my thoughts and the feelings that showed up along the way. And as Claudia encouraged us to do, just remain really curious and then just learn like, this really opened some doors for me to explore and lean into. So I too, I do truly hope that this is also your experience in today's episode, and I hope that you enjoy it. All right, Claudia, thank you so much for being here with me and everyone listening today. The pleasure is all mine, Jasmine. Thank, for, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. I am really excited about this chat. I think it's going to be juicy and fun, and like we were just talking about off air, it's a kind of, you know, a totally new topic that I'm bringing to the table, but such a important topic when it comes to um, healing in mind, body, and soul. So yeah, I think what I'd like to do is start out with you just sharing a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe what you do and your own personal journey, your own healing journey, and how you you kind of found yourself in the, um, the love and sexuality, you know, coaching space. Well, it was quite a journey, I have to say. So where to begin? Yes. So basically to introduce myself, I'm uh, a love and sexuality coach. Um, So I help help both men and women. Mostly uh, I started working with women um, to basically connect back to your bodies, back to your pleasure. Um, I specialize uh, or I've specialized in the last year helping women to have an orgasm, women who can't have either any orgasm. Uh, internal orgasms, orgasm with penetration, etc. Um, and then I'm starting to work with men as well who would like to enter relationships. Um, and basically, I all of it connects back to the body. Um, so it's it's a really beautiful 
uh, way to kind of connect to mind, body, and soul, like you were saying, um, and my journey basically. So it was, yeah, like I said, it was quite a journey. Um, I started off, I was working sustainability. Uh, I was, since I was 15, I was very young. And I wanted to save the world. I was like, oh my God, like climate change. And like, I was like the original Greta Thunberg. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just exaggerating. But um, I was very passionate about it for many, many years. Um, and I, I just saw the connection, you know, I got, then I got into my health um, because I saw the connection between our bodies and, you know, what we're doing to the planet um, because our bodies, I feel are an extension of the planet. Yes. Um, and basically whatever we do that's good for our, our body is good for the planet and vice versa. Um, so I started going down this like personal development path. Um, and I even, you know, I kept going into say sustainability, but always like had this passion um, for personal development. And I entered the sexuality space um, like six years ago when I discovered the jade egg. And it's basically um, like a little mineral, like crystal egg, um, because I was I was starting to experience, um, I mean, like while I was doing all my sustainability work, like obviously I had my personal life um, and I had like, I, I didn't know if it was normal or not, um, but I had a lot of fear around sexuality. I had like, I couldn't be sober and have sex for many, many years. Um, and then finally, when I did, I realized like, ouch, like I have a lot of pain during sex. So I was looking for these new solutions and this jade egg kind of came and revolutionized my life. Um, and not just, uh, physically to heal the pain, but it set me off on this journey to realize because it's actually, um, and I'm sure we'll talk about it later. Um, the jade egg is a, a part of the Taoist philosophy, um, and I started reading about this like new way of relating to our sexualities and was realizing like, whoa, these are two different things. Sex and our sexuality and our sexual energy are two different things. And I started exploring like, how can I harness my sexual energy? Um, and as I did my, my healing, I started getting deeper and deeper into the subject. Um, and then I moved to Barcelona uh, three years ago and I was kind of in between jobs and I was like, oh, like I'll do this love sex relationship coach coaching certification just for fun until I find a job. Um, but then I ended up loving it and it ended up healing me to levels that I didn't even know were possible. Um, and here I am today helping other women and, and now men, hopefully, to reclaim their sexualities. Okay. Awesome. Well, on a total side note, I truly love that you brought up the connection between our bodies and what we do for our planet, because mm. I literally, like you said that so well, and I completely agree that, um, that are, yeah, like uh, right now are as a collective, what we're seeing with so much illness, so much pain, so much chronic stuff going on, I feel like is an extension of what we are doing to our planet and then the vice versa. You know, yes. there's this um, mirror reflecting in both ways. And it's so true that like when we start to do things and make choices that actually honor our bodies and take and take great care of ourselves, we are also inherently helping the planet. And when we make choices for the planet, we're helping also ourselves. Definitely. It's so interconnected and so important. And it's a very, very, very like, or a sensitive and special topic for me because I have, I just feel so um, passionate about, I don't know, like I, at the older I get, the more that I study and learn. And I, I know we were talking offline about traveling and that was a huge catalyst for mm. me to, 
just really have this deep compassion for our earth and wanting to be a better person and wanting to make choices that honor her and also that therefore then honor myself. And so I get like really emotional about that topic. Beautiful. Um, And yeah, so I just think it's so huge uh, and so deeply important for for all of us as a collective as we continue to evolve and um, move forward in life. Definitely, definitely. Um, And that was one thing I realized, especially was like, you know, I was, I wanted to save the world. I was like, wait, but the world doesn't need saving. Like she's a badass. Like mother earth is like a total badass. Like she will whoop our asses. <laughs> Sorry, can I swear? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Like she will like kick our asses if like need be, you know, and it's, it's not the earth that needs saving particularly, but like the beings on it, yeah. uh, especially humans. We also need, uh, need help as well. So that's a little bit how I pivoted. Um, yeah. and, and we can start, you know, like, I love what you say. It's like our, our powers within, like if we want to help the planet, like let's help ourselves first. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause then it, 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 it trails out outward. It's a, you know, that butterfly effect. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, that's a great realization. And, <laughs> and so now though, I want to talk about this jade egg cause you got me curious. I have absolutely yes. no idea what this means. Oh. Is it a physical thing? Is it a concept? <laughs> Yes, it is a physical thing. I wish I could like show it to you, but um basically it's um it's like a an egg-shaped crystal made from nephrite jade. Well the the, the ones that I recommend are from nephrite jade. Um and as I mentioned, it's a part of the Taoist philosophy. Um so basically and there's many different like ways that the the jade egg works. So basically it's an egg that you put up your vagina. If you are a woman, um, you put it up your vagina and there's, you can just keep it in and sleep with it. Um, and art already has effects. Like it works on an energetic hormonal level to, um, do its own healing on the subconscious level. Um, but also, you know, physically there's exercises that you can do. And the intention is really to, um, to strengthen your pelvic floor. So this is something I'm exploring deeper right now is, um, you know, how many of us have a connection with our pelvic floor, men or women? How many of us are connected with our pelvic floor? And um, I love that you talk on the podcast about like aligning mind, body and soul. And um, this book that I'm reading, it's called Wild Feminine. She talks about how the the pelvic floor, the like pelvic bowl, as she calls it, is really home of the feminine soul in women. Um, and, you know, the feminine is all these things like including, you know, earth and um, all these qualities and, and um, also our sexualities. But we have so much shame. We have so much um, guilt. We carry so many things that don't even allow us to connect with our pelvic floors. Like even if like, you know, and if the audience is listening, like just tune in right now to this space, like the pelvic floor is basically, so it's the PC muscles, the muscles you use to squeeze, um, to go to the bathroom, to stop peeing. And, um, basically it's, it's so important for the, our overall health, like our root health, uh, dictates because also in, in, in many people, um, and women, it's the cervix, it's the base of the vagus nerve. So all this goes to say that like, our like when our vagus nerve is relaxed we are relaxed and our health is better Um, but when we carry stress and tension which we all do whether it's sitting too long in front of the computer or sitting too long in general um, this place carries a lot of tension 
um, all the stress of our day, you know, any, any like conflict that we have with other people, um, anytime we don't speak our truth, anytime there's been uh, abuse or a bad sexual experience, um, all these things are guarded in our, again, speaking directly to women right now, in our pussies, in our vaginas and our cervix. Um, there's so much like emotional memory that's stored there. Um, and that's a lesson that I learned the hard way because that's why I had so much pain. Um, so I do have, uh, I guess, trigger warning, like a, a history of sexual abuse. Um, and that all came out uh, when I was around 25. And the jade egg really helped me to physically move uh, the pain. So when you squeeze around the egg, when you do the active exercise, when you squeeze around the egg and use other techniques such as breath, sound, um, you can actually re start releasing that tension, that shame, that guilt that keeps us disconnected from this essential part of ourselves. Um, so I'm so passionate about the jade egg. <laughs> that was really like my gateway drug into, <laughs> into uh, the sexual empowerment space. Um, but yeah, and there's so many fun things you can do with it as well. So it's not just like boring, like people call it like yoga for your for your pussy. <laughs> um, but it's not just about like doing exercises, like going to the gym, uh, which that is an important part, but it is um, also like just getting back like your, your, your energy, calling your power back, um, bringing the fun and the energy flowing again. It's, it's really amazing. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for that great explanation. <laughs> I answered your question. You did. Yeah. And so this was like kind of the catalyst that got you uh, kind of flowing down this uh, path. And then you said there was a point that you did the certification and that you said you, you person like you thought you were just kind of doing it for fun or something to do until you got a different job. And yet you said you through actually doing the certification, you had your own um, like healing and you got a lot from that personally do you like could you share a little bit about what that was like yeah for sure so um where to start yeah so going into it like I realized that I had a lot of trauma and I want to just define trauma because it doesn't have to be um sexual abuse it can also be just be like you know a painful experience or like I said like one time where you didn't speak out for your needs in in the sexual space um, or just in general, like, I mean, you're also in the States, like growing up in the States, I realized, and, you know, comparing the U S and Europe, I feel like, um, America is very, very masculine and a little bit like this toxic masculinity. Um, and I guess my body was holding on to a lot of that. Um, so basically in this process, we do a lot of, um, yeah, just reclamation of, you know, the moment when we lost our power and trying to get it back. So specifically for me, um, I actually started having flashbacks. Um, so I, I, as I mentioned, I was abused and this was when I was very, very young. Uh, so a lot of my memories, like my conscious memory doesn't remember it at all. Um, but I, yeah, I was uh, very young and actually these started coming to the surface. Um, and it's important to note as well that like, as you do these healings, you don't have to go into the story and the story doesn't matter. Um, but I healed it on like a body level. Like I, I was starting to clean it out and, um, you know, unwind my nervous system, um, through different exercises. So for example, uh, this is what I teach now, um, like cervical dearmoring. So we have, you know, I believe a lot of women now are mostly, aren't really taking advantage of their full sexuality. Um, and we mostly stay like in the clitoris, the G-spot. 
um, because when you go to the cervix, uh, which is the end of the vaginal canal and is actually a very potent portal to internal orgasms, it's like I love people. I've I've heard some other people say it's like a nervous system reset. Um, you literally like can become another person with a cervical orgasm. Um, but a lot of women are carrying a lot of tension. And uh, it can either be numb, we can either feel disconnected, and once we try to connect, we don't feel anything, and under that can be a lot of pain. So um, cervical dearmoring is basically a practice to um, use pressure and breath awareness and loving presence to release that pain, uh, that tension, and just reclaiming the, the energetic aliveness that is naturally there. Um, and for me, that was, I think, one of the main practices. Um, there was a lot around it as well. Um, you know, for example, working with the inner child. Um, we don't realize that most of us don't have a proper initiation into the sexual space. Like our parents don't really um, talk to us. You know, maybe there's a lot of shame or um, maybe they, you know, just teach us the basics about, you know, safe sex. Um, but still kind of with this like underlying tone of like, be careful and, um, <laughs> and uh, if that's like the lightest scenario as opposed to um, perhaps, you know, control or fear, guilt, shame, uh, all these things. So um, this subconsciously gets imprinted into our systems. Um, and I don't know many women who uh, have had like really beautiful initiations into the, the sexual space. Uh, especially also because we kind of have this divide, like many men learn about, many women learn about their like, you know, sexuality um, through the, the, their first male partners. And the male partners are basically, mostly I'm speaking generally here, learning from porn. So, you know, we, we as women have this like, or as girls, we go into the experience and we're like, oh, we're like, you know, innocent and uh, we're expecting this romantic experience and something special, but maybe that's not what we get. Maybe it's, you know, because the, the men are learning this, um, the behavior from porn, um, and then there's a shock. So all this goes to say that, you know, our inner children kind of get traumatized and carry the responsibility of the, the first sexual encounter that we experienced, um, and maybe some subsequent ones as well. But basically, we can heal that and we can create new empowering subpersonalities so that the inner child doesn't have to bear that responsibility and we can actually step into like sexual maturity. Um, so that's just kind of a taste of, of the thing, like the most powerful practices that really influenced my journey in mm. my healing. Okay. When you... Uh... When you first signed up for this, did you have any idea at that point that you would actually be doing like inner child work and all that, you know, because you think, oh, uh, sex and sexuality coaching, and then all of a sudden you're doing like this deep inner child work and, um, you know, releasing trauma and stuff. Did you know going into it, it would be that way? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I was thinking, it sounds like you kind of, as you're learning, getting certified, you're almost going through it in a way that you would then... um you know, coach clients. And I know personally, like I would never think that you'd go through some intense stuff like this, mm. uh, hiring a coach like that, you know, you just, I mean, I guess, you know, if I'm being really honest, like, I guess I would just think it would be like, Hey, you're going to hire this and they're going to just kind of teach you how to be sexy and maybe like learn about, you know, 
exploring things or I don't know. It's just like you don't think it's going to be this really deep, intimate like work and this inner exploration of self. Yes, totally. And I, and I, I mean, we do that as well. Huh? I'm, I'm kind of painting like the, <laughs> the deep, like shadow. Yeah. Stuff. Like yeah. we have like, basically there's a lot of, um, you know, practices into connecting with, yeah, your sensuality. Right. So I think a lot of us are sexualized, but there's also this part of, of our sensuality and like a different flavor of sexuality. And, and there's a lot of that as well. Um, so it's, it's not all like, you know, like hugging your inner child and everything but that stuff does come out because so many of us have had these bad experiences and I guess from my perspective as a coach like this is one of the practices I wish every person would do in general (laughs) is just learn to take responsibility for their inner child um but yeah there's a lot of different practices as well um around communication um so really empowering your voice I think a lot of women um first of all don't know what they desire so, um, you know, what, what do they want from their sexuality? And basically what I do now and what I did a lot during my certification is like, you just explore, you just have different, like I give different practices for women to explore their sexuality in a different way, because we are, we do have this like one image, like from Hollywood or porn or wherever, um, that this is the one way we do sex. And what I'm really passionate about is like, is expanding that horizon. Like it doesn't have to be one flavor. There's many different flavors of our sexualities and it changes all the time, especially for women. We have sexual seasons um, according to our cycles, according to the the earth cycles, the earth seasons. Um, it's really breaking free. What I really love is that like we, I help clients to liberate themselves from the idea that they have to kind of be in this performative mindset. Like, from the outside in, like, oh, this is what I need to look like during sex and really honoring what comes up from the inside. Um, And that can be a lot of sexual energy, it can be a lot of sensuality, a lot of sexiness. And then sometimes there can be some sadness, some grief, some anger. Um, But I really believe that in order to feel, to increase how much pleasure we feel and how much, how like the capacity of our orgasms, we have to be willing to feel everything. And this is something I think society kind of, we kind of push away into the, into the shadow is the pain and the grief and the anger. Um, we kind of say, Oh, that's not sexy. Um, and it's, it's not, but it's a part of the experience. Um, I think it can, sex can bring up it's, you know, every time we have sex, it's a form of healing in my opinion, and it can bring up things and it's good to have the tools to, um, manage and to, to go deeper into those so that you can come out more vibrant and sexy and radiant on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you explain for everyone listening and for myself on quite honestly, what, how would you explain the difference between sensuality and sexuality? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think they're very interrelated. Um, so at least in my personal experience, so what I realized in my own journey as well was like, I was very, sexualized like I was saying like I had seen like from the outside in like oh this is what sex is and like I was um, for many years acting like in a very performative way Um, and and that's not what always what sexuality is but what I realized in my journey was like there are different there are different ways to go about about sex and I believe we have especially like the masculine form of sexuality which is a little bit like I love what the I think the Taoists say 
um, like I compare masculine sexuality and feminine sexuality, and in those are very um, uh, like not to do with gender. Um, so we both have masculine, feminine energies, um, or you can use yin and yang, for example. So I believe what we how we see as a society right now, we're a very yang or masculine based society. We're very about achieving and um, object like um, like getting to our objective. Um, and this is very indicative of like this uh, masculine sexuality, which is like very uh, fiery. So it's um, for many men or for for masculine or yang people, um, the sexuality is something that like, if it's very fiery, then it in, it ignites very fast and then it can um, go out very fast. Um, whereas opposed to uh, feminine sexuality um, or yin sexuality, which I believe is a little bit more connected with the sensuality, um, it's, it's like water. So water takes up a little bit more time to heat up, but once it's boiling, uh, it can, you know, it stays hot. So that's why women are naturally very multi-orgasmic um and but in order to get to that level like we have to start um very subtly so for me sensuality is really about um like harnessing all of the senses and bringing that into the sexual space um so maybe that starts with you know just conscious touch all over the body first so as opposed to um you know yang or masculine sexuality it's like okay just go uh, straight to the genitals and then, you know, 15 minutes and it's over. <laughs> so a little bit like more yin or feminine or, or sensuality is a bit like taking time to warm up the whole body, um, you know, in introducing, for example, um, like different stimulus for each sense. So you can, you know, have um, smells like um, essential oils, um, flavors like chocolate or strawberries, and you can incorporate that into kind of the the foreplay um, and this really brings out like brings your whole brain online so that you're very present in the moment um, and it also what I found in my experience is like it wakes up like this different realm so I talk a lot in terms of sexual energy and um, especially for women like as I was saying like we need time to wake up that sexual energy and before we can get to that like hard and fast I believe that a lot of us need kind of that slow and sensual. So really taking the time to um, like touch your hair, caress your skin. Uh, if you're by yourself or with your partner, like asking your partner to really um, give yourself a, to give you a massage. Um, I feel that this brings online so much more of our potential. Um, so that's a little bit how I would describe sensuality. And I think once you've kind of experimented with that in in the erotic space and in your sexuality that kind of naturally translate and tumbles over into the rest of your life um, and you actually become more connected to your body to your senses um, and more present in general in the sexual space and the rest of your life mm, that's a good explanation thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, a little while ago you mentioned porn Mm -hmm. uh, you know, how women are learning from their first male partners and often the men are learning from porn. Mm -hmm. Do you, in your experience, feel that porn does play a healthy role in sexuality and in relationships? Or do you find that it's more often uh, creating a more like toxic uh, impact? 
I think it depends on the type of porn, obviously. Um, I think in like the traditional mainstream or like what's available for free. Um, I mean, if you look at just the context around it as well. I mean, if you look at how the women are treated in it, um, how they're talked about, what the what it's called, like it's very um, objectified and um, yeah, even like the conditions around like, are they getting paid properly? I don't know. There's There's a lot of kind of, yeah, toxicity in the porn industry. But of course, there's, you know, a whole other realm. There's people who are trying to kind of make women's empowered porn or, you know, feminine friendly porn, um, which is so beautiful. So I think, you know, like anything we can, we can say, um, you know, like sexuality or the internet or um, a hammer, for example, these are always just tools. And you can use a tool for like in a positive way or in a harmful way. Um, and I think porn is the same. So it's not inherently bad. Um, but I think a lot of what is, um, you know, what especially like young boys are being exposed to is not the most healthy porn yeah. that's available. Yeah. Um, that's the one that's free and easy. And, you know, it's it's the one that's exposing them. Um, a lot of men get addicted to porn um, and then can't go to their woman or, sorry, their partner um, and get turned on or have an orgasm because they're expecting what they see in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't always work for the women. So there's a little bit this divide. Um, and I think it's really about like communicating and, and finding the right type of porn as well, because it can also be an amazing tool for helping uh, people to explore their eroticism, to get ideas, to, you know, but um, I think always having this kind of mindset of being like, okay, like, is this healthy? Like, is there consent? Is there, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. kind of all these um, aspects um yeah 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 I've definitely heard that like when men um that it can be harmful in a sense that because you can get this very unrealistic expectation that you bring to the table yes um so okay so this is a total side note question because I can just I can feel it I I just know that it's probably going to happen um What would you say and how would you respond right now to anyone who's listening to this? Uh, Obviously, we're pre-recording, but there's going to be a point that it's aired live, right? And they're going to be listening. And I I can just imagine that there's probably somebody or multiple people out there who are feeling triggered by this conversation or maybe embarrassed or maybe there's this internal dialogue like, oh my God, I can't believe we're talking about this. I thought this was a health and and healing podcast. Like, you know, because there's um, there's a lot of stigma around this this topic and a lot like you've already mentioned the words guilt and shame and we mm. do live there's I mean and there's many cultures where it is still where like where it's almost imprinted into us to feel like guilty or shameful if we have like sexual desires or feelings or you know it's very interesting in our culture in the states where there's one like on one end of the spectrum, you're almost like guilted or shamed to have these desires. But then at the same on this, like the other end of the spectrum, sexuality and women particularly are so objectified 
all over the place in every dimension in Hollywood, on commercials, in marketing. So it's this like push and pull. And so I, I feel like there's a lot of people too that also get this feeling like, oh God, this is a really private topic. We can't talk about this to anybody else. This is what stays in the bedroom. So mm. um, anyone who's feeling any of these feelings right now who's listening or has any of these these beliefs or stories running through your head their heads what would you say or how would you speak on to that yeah that's such a great topic thank you for bringing that up I would say I mean yes I think first of all the more we speak about it like the more we learn no we learn about our ourselves, we learn about each other, we learn the truth of what sexuality can be. And I think this is why I speak so openly about it. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I it's, it's hard, because like, I, you don't want to trigger people. But at the same time, like, triggering can be a good thing. It's an activation. No, it's like, oh, okay, there's something to, to listen to here. And, and I invite people to really just be present with it, to just name it first, like, what is the sensation in my, in, that I'm feeling right now, as I'm triggered? or activated and where is it in my body where is it in my body and perhaps what does it need so these like we are we don't really learn about our sensations and and paying attention to um where they are in the body and and listening to them but every sensation uh, every emotion has like a story kind of it has a message for us and we can actually learn to kind of tend to our needs that way um, and I think it's so normal and so natural to be triggered or activated, um, to feel that guilt, that shame, um, because we live in a society that really puts this kind of in the closet. Like it's so taboo, as you were saying, and um, it's a totally normal response if that is happening. Um, and I really invite people to just tune that into that in their bodies and um, be present with it, be present and, and accept it. I think a lot of us, like when we feel these things, we're like, ah, no, like we kind of push it back into the shadow, into um, like, we're just like, ah, no, I don't want to feel this thing. But actually, the more that we don't allow ourselves to feel something, the more it has power over us, uh, it goes into the shadow where it will come out in a moment that's inconvenient for us. Um, and, and actually, when we feel those things and we confront them, we sit down with them, we listen, um, usually what happens when we can accept those feelings, they go away and we can go deeper and we can explore what's underneath that, what's underneath that guilt and that shame. And as you were saying, I think like there is this, um, yeah, this like double standard for, especially for women um, that, you know, if you love sex and express your sexuality in, in whatever way that you want, um, you know, that you get labeled or you get um, put down or, or, uh, called a, a slut perhaps you know and and I think also it's good to know in the context of our society like how did those words come about um, and basically we they're they're terms to put down a woman's sexual power we actually have so much sexual potential and and you know this these terms are kind of a way to kind of disconnect us from that um, because what a lot of, at least what women need are, uh, and especially in the sexual space, is our love, safety, and belonging. So this term, like these terms that put down a woman for being sexually free and exploring her sexuality and honoring her desires, um, you know, 
when we use these terms to kind of, uh, what's the word? Um, like ostracize, that's the word. To ostracize a woman for expressing herself, um, you know, we take away her sense of belonging. And so she cuts herself off from that part. Um, but I hope as we'll, as we'll speak later, um, our sexual energy is so important, not just for sex, but also for our vitality and our well-being um, as humans and, and our self-actualization, I believe. Um, so yeah, basically to summarize, like it's totally normal to feel triggered about these topics. And, and I just invite everyone listening to just be super present and accepting of whatever comes up and curious about what's underneath. Because underneath that, a lot of the times is our pleasure potential. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you. And speaking of the um, the role that our sex and sexuality does play in our vitality and well being, could you speak on on that so that we kind of do um, help people understand why we're talking about this on this on this um, you know genre of a podcast? For sure, for sure. So. Yeah, there's, um, I mentioned earlier this like Taoist philosophy. This is a little bit like what got me hooked into this, into this space was like this realization that sex and our sexuality are two different things. So sex is a way to connect with another human being and to share our energy with another and, and you know, to create intimacy and um, strengthen relationships, et cetera. But our sexuality is, or our sexual energy is our energy it's it's a source of vitality a source of so for example in in taoism you know maybe a lot of people are familiar with qi no like in chinese medicine we talk about qi uh, which is life force energy Um, but actually qi is the is one source of energy in the body and this is um this comes from the heart space but we have in the in the lower part of our in our root in our pelvis we have another source which is which the taoist called jing and this is basically our reproductive, creative life force energy. Um, and this starts in women. This starts in, for both, for men and women, it starts in the kidneys. For women, it's also in the ovaries and the men, the testicles. Um, and we can actually learn to harness this energy and use that energy for our own health to move that energy. So, for example, if you think of like, water moving, right? So what is sexual energy, right? I'll I'll define that term. Um, I define sexual energy as like very much um, like our turn on in motion. So our, um, like whenever we feel aroused, like we might feel sensations of like heat or um, like bubbles or pressure or there's, it's different for every, every person. But basically, we can like learn to play with that energy and using visualization and breath and intention, we can actually move that energy up into the heart so that we create more chi, we create more life force energy. And then later, uh, this is getting a little bit more spiritual, but what the Taoists believe is that um, there's a third source of energy, which is in the, in the brain, which is called Shen. So you can actually bring your sexual energy up to the chi, to the heart to create chi, and then later bring it up to the mind to create shen. Um, and this just in general brings more presence to your life. And and I think when we're more present, first of all, with our bodies, um, like our presence is very powerful. When we put our attention inside of our body and actually listen, it has so much wisdom. I think the body isn't just, um, you know, this meat sack that we carry around. It's also like it has its own 
um, wisdom. And it isn't, I believe, an extension of the subconscious. So basically, when we start to listen to ourselves and to our needs and our desires, um, you know, magic happens. And, and I really feel like I was reflecting the other day, I was, I was observing, there was a man who was like very sick. Um, and this brings me back to the analogy of, of water. So when you have a, a river, right, that's moving and flowing, um, it's vibrant, it has a lot of life, it's clear, it's, you, you can drink it. Um, but when that water stops, when there's a dam, it's like a swamp, right? Like bacteria starts getting harbored. Um, it has like this like toxic energy to it. It becomes just very, um, yeah, just toxic. So I believe that we can use our sexual energy in the same way. So I, I speak with a lot of women who have, um, you know, problems, uh, you know, what's an example? Um, I, I'm not going to say like the Jada cures these things, but, um, a lot of pain or um, pelvic problems um, are associated to stuck sexual energy due to guilt and shame, um, at least according to the Taoist philosophy. So when we can learn to start connecting with this, putting our presence into the pelvic space to start moving it with our breath and with our intention, we start creating this river in our bodies. So it's, it's moving, it's fluid, it's, it's vibrant. Um, it's, and, and yeah, going back to what I was saying about the older man, like when, when we're, when we're sick, like our energy is stuck. No, we just want to like rest and sleep and, and keep our energy still. Um, but in order to kind of get that going and get, get our vitality back, we have to kind of start moving. We can use this energy to, um, bring back this flow of energy in our lives. And, and that brings vitality and radiance, at least from my experience, what I've seen. Mm, okay. I was, okay. So I was thinking about, as you were explaining the three energy types, um, mm -hmm. in our, um, heart center, the chi, our brain, the shen, mm -hmm. and then the, uh, the sexual, um, jing, jing, jing energy, jing. Yes. Um, there is, there's meditations. Well, and and mostly it's a specific breathing practice that Dr. Joe Dispenza has has people do at the beginning yes. of some of his meditations, especially, I think, the blessing of the energy centers. And um, there's another one. But yeah, he has us actually do like a breathing ed, uh, exercise that is designed to like help pull the fluids from the from the um, for, from the root all the way up into the brain. Exactly. Is that related? Yes, exactly. So I'm so glad you brought that up because I'm so like, I love Joe Dispenza. I've been on, like too. just reading and listening and all and, and taking the courses and everything. And yeah, I hear you also have experience. Um, yes, so it is related. So he doesn't use the terms, like if you follow his work, yeah, he doesn't right. use the term sexual energy, right? but it's the same yeah. thing. You're harnessing that energy like bringing it up the central channel, or I think he uses a different term, like a tube, no? Up yeah. the middle of your body and bring it up to your pineal gland. Mm -hmm. Because the pineal gland is actually, yeah, it's the home of Shen and, and you know, in many mystical experiences, um, you know, especially like altered states of consciousness, like the home of DMT. And, and, and you can bring that sexual energy up to, um, I think he talks about how you can like create the piezoelectric effect in your brain. So basically what that means is that you create a, like a magnet. You can become, become more magnetic because you're bringing up 
your energy from your survival spaces, which he mentions as the first three energy centers. Mm -hmm. So that's including the sexual one. So the first one is the root. The second one is, is the sacral. And the third one is um, the, the solar plexus. So a lot of our survival needs are stored there. And if it stays stuck there, we can stay stuck in like victim mode or whatever. And what he's teaching is taking your energy, like I think he says, call it, taking the mind out of your body or something like this. Um, but you can use that energy, which is like, it's like a wild horse. Like your sexual energy is like a wild horse. Like many people can probably relate. Like sometimes you just feel attracted to somebody and like, it makes no sense, but like you just want them. You know? <laughs> so like you have to learn to kind of tame that horse or you can learn to discipline and train and tame that horse and use it for your own needs so that you can get your power back, as you were saying. So bringing that energy up and, you know, using it to create this magnetic effect where you can actually bring more energy into your thoughts, into your emotions, um, you know, like law of attraction or what Joe Dispenza is teaching to create what you want in your life, including good health. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love how he takes all this stuff that like sometimes gets like put on the back burner because people are like, oh, that's woo woo. Oh, that's spiritual. Oh, that's this. And they just instantly have this like resistance to it. Mm -hmm. And he literally just like explains it. And um, he still just, he just brings it into the space, but then just uses like really scientific terms. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and and practical. the funny thing is, because it is all the same, like it's, yes. you know, like it's not science or spirituality. It's you know, he's bridging that gap. Exactly. Uh, which is really awesome. And then he speaks in a way that can like speak to a broader audience in a sense. Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, that's why I just adore him because I'm like, oh my God, this is what I've been doing. But like <laughs> now there's science to prove it. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of like creative energy, it's interesting. I don't know if you know about human design. A little bit. Um, but I know that in human design, there's actually a channel uh, and, you know, they're all the different energy channels in the design. And there's actually a channel for mating and sexuality, which coincidentally is also the same channel for your creative energy. So mm. when you have consistent access to that channel, it you have like this innate fixed way of needing to create. So it doesn't need to be necessarily, it, whether it's creating life form, you know, procreating, but it's mm. also creating for the sake of creating, creating the life of your dreams. Like, cre yeah, so it's, it's the same, it's the same channel. The energy falls into the same channel. Yes, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And and I mean, when you think about it, like that energy is powerful enough to create a living being, mm -hmm. right? Like to make yeah. a baby, like it's it's that powerful. Like it doesn't have to go into that. Like now, obviously we have so many choices and options. Like we can actually learn to harness that energy into our creative projects, into our work, into our podcasts, into our businesses, um, or into having a family. And, and the beautiful thing is that we can choose and we can learn to um, – take advantage of that mm -hmm. to increase the potential. Right. Okay. So as a coach, I know you've been doing this for a few years now and um, you've probably also, you know, you've had your, the certification, you've connected with other coaches, other people who've been in the space. What in your experience, um, what patterns do you tend to see show up most in women when there's, I don't know the word I want to say, like when they've maybe had stored trauma of, you know, capital T, small T, lowercase T, whatever trauma, like mm. how you were saying trauma doesn't have to be this big thing. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to be because you, you were sexually abused per se. There's so many mm. other forms, but if there's like an underlying theme of guilt, shame, stored trauma, um, 
not connecting to the sexual energy, what, what do you see as the, the main patterns that show up? Um, yeah, I work, I've been working with a lot of extreme cases, but I think the biggest one is like kind of this disconnection in general from the, the pelvic space. Um, so that can come up as, um, just not even being able to keep our awareness there. Um, so I think I, I see a lot of people, um, you know, anybody who has trouble meditating or anything like this, like they're like, that's what I mean by a disconnection from the body, like not being able to be, um, being very much in the doing space. Um, and, and what I see is, yeah, it can come up as, um, not wanting to explore internally, um, not having sensation internally, having numbness, um, or, or pain. Um, what else? Yeah. It can come up as, as just a lot of fear of, of their power, um, not wanting to be too much. So not wanting to be too sexual, um, like being very concerned with what other people think as well. Um, yeah. Can it show up in the opposite? Like maybe, um, being over, like, you know how there's some people who become almost overly sexual. Oh yes. You also, know, also, for um, sure. yeah. Where they almost like make themselves objectified. They like, yes, you know, and then they think they need to be this way in order to receive in a sense or be worthy. Yes, for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. This is, this is a, a big one as well. Um, but usually in that case, the, it's, it's like not from an integrated place. So it's, um, yeah, kind of from conditioning, but when you try to connect back with the body, like I was saying earlier, this connection with the pelvis or the rest of the body, um, maybe that connection isn't there. Like it's kind of coming from the mind, uh, as opposed to like really honoring, um, their true yes. So this is something else that I, I teach women is honoring the true yes and no of your pussy. So, like feeling what is a yes, like usually it's something expansive, um, you know, that desire, that invitation um, from her, as opposed to a no, which is like contractive, um, maybe like feels tense or like there's, if like there's some exercise to feel that difference. Um, but most people, I would say most people don't have that awareness of mm-hmm. the true yes and the true no. Right. What are some of the common patterns that you see play out in the male? Um, so I'm, I'm just starting to like experiment with male, with, with men and, and trying to understand what they kind of go through. And, and I mean, the, the biggest ones are, um, uh, erectile dysfunction. So not being able to, um, become erect, um, porn addiction. These are, these are two of the biggest, um, this kind of performance anxiety, um, that there's a lot of pressure to perform and to please the woman, um, what else? These are, these are kind of the more common, more common things. Um, but it can range. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of men now, um, I've, I've been speaking with a lot of men who want to actually like, they're okay with their sexuality, but they want to learn again to, to harness that energy. So they're learning to, um, retain their semen. So that's something a lot of people don't know is that orgasm for men, orgasm and ejaculation are two separate things. You can actually train to not ejaculate, uh, and still have an orgasm. Oh, and, wow, I had yeah. no idea. Yes, this is something else that the Taoists teach as well. Um, because actually, like, so 
men lose their vital energy, this creative life force energy, with their ejaculation. Right. Women lose it through their menstruation. So when we are when we're letting go of the the egg, we're losing our life force energy. That's why we feel tired. Men feel it when they ejaculate. So the theory is that when you can separate um, the ejaculation, the orgasm, you can have as much sex as you want, but that energy is staying in your body and it can allow you to become multi-orgasmic. There's a lot of men who are um, wanting to explore that side of themselves and it's possible for men to become multi-orgasmic as well. Right. That's so cool. Um, I what was I going to just say to that. Um, I, cause I always heard they, uh, that about like you losing your energy, the men and they, there was like a, someone was saying, yeah, yeah. That's why like men, when they have sex, sometimes like they're ready to just pass out and a woman's like, well, wait, like they're like <laughs> kind of more invigorated and the man's like ready for bed now. Yes. Um, so, and speaking of that, that's just like one little thing, but what roles or like, what patterns do you see play out in relationships? Like, how do you see the individual stuff from men and women uh, showing up or affecting relationships? Yeah, that's a really good question. So again, I, I'm still learning about the men's side, um, but I guess from the women's side, I think what I was mentioning earlier is kind of the biggest issue I would see is that um, a lot of women are carrying this trauma, um, you know, because of a little bit like men are learning from porn, they bring that into the first encounter um, or the first encounters for a woman, she's still learning about her body, her desires. Um, maybe she's not fully honoring um, her no because she's not connected with it yet. Um, and then that kind of accumulates over time. Um, and I think that eventually will compound into the relationship. So um, what happens in a relationship, and this is again why I think inner child work is uh, important in sexuality, is that as soon as we start to feel safe, right, in, the, in a relationship or in our sexualities, um, we, our traumas tend to come out. So things start coming out from the shadow. As soon as we feel safe and we can like rest, then things will come out. Um, so I think that's when things start to get triggered and that can show up in different ways, but... It, I, th I think normally it comes out in um, lacking desire or um, kind of mismatched desire. So usually there's a, a higher desire partner and a lower desire partner. And maybe the higher desire partner can um, get uh, triggered by feeling you know, rejected or the lower desire partner feels pushed. So that's a big thing is that, um, you know, not suggesting that mostly women are like this, but it's typical of the feminine um, sexuality is, or yin sexuality is that um, the pressure to, to have an orgasm, for example. Um, and then any, any like things that come up in the relationship. So any issues that come out, like it has nothing to do with sexuality, but like maybe it's an issue of trust or safety or something like this, this can, um, alter the sexual space. So it's, it's very tricky. And, and I think our sexual desire and attraction for each other, especially within a relationship, can be an indicator. I think an indicator of the relationship health, um, but also, you know, is, a, is each person honoring their desire. So I think also our sexual desire is an indicator of our overall health individually. And our overall health is, is a holistic 
Uh, it's not just the physical part, but also emotional, mental, spiritual, etc. Um, and within a relationship, things can get triggered. And it's important to kind of figure out like, what is the trigger? What is the need? What is the desire underneath? And it's about following the desire in the end. So a lot of relationships, um, well, for example, a codependent relationship, so somebody will not honor their desire to fit into the other person's desire, and that can come back to kind of bite them uh, in the butt, um, and especially in, in the sexual space. Mm, that does make sense. Mm. Uh, you, so we've mentioned it. You've mentioned Tao, Tao, I can't say the word really well, Tao, Taoist approach. Taoist, yes. Mm-hmm. And you were sharing about, you know, the, the different, the three energies and all that. Do you, can you explain it a little bit more about like the approach to sexual energy with it and like what that's like, what it really stands for, what it's about? When it comes to sexuality or vitality, it's about like learning to harness your sexual energy. So about this like discipline. Um, so it's, they include personal practice as an important part, as well as uh, dual cultivation. So that's with a partner. Um, so it's, it's really about, you know, first sitting down with yourself, getting to know yourself, um, practicing on your own in order to, you know, figure out what it is you desire in order to um, do the proper techniques um, and then to bring that into a space to create more connection, to create more love, to create more intimacy um, and, and always kind of in the context of vitality. So trying to optimize um, your health and your potential uh, using your sexual energy. So what might that look like? Um, a simple exercise. Um, I think Joe Dispenza teaches, yeah, it's, it's a little bit similar uh, to what Joe Dispenza teaches about bringing your sexual energy up, but you can actually learn to make like a circle. So it's called the multi, um, multi-orgasmic uh, orbit, multi-cosmic orbit, something like this. I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now. Um, but basically you bring your sexual energy up the back of your spine, up to the top of your head, and then you bring it down the front of your body and you create like this loop. And the theory is, and this is also from a tantric perspective, we've talked a lot about Taoism because I believe it has a lot to do with health and vitality. Um, but Tantra, it, Tantra is like its, um, analogy in, in India. Um, so, uh, Taoism belongs to, it's a Chinese philosophy or it originated in China. Um, and then Tantra is kind of its equivalent, but basically you can learn to loop your sexual energy to like create this river, like I was talking about. Um, but also this, like looping this pleasure in your body can like, not only is it good for your health, but also it leads to bigger kind of mind blowing orgasms as well. Mm. Yes. (laughs) Tantra, is that the same principles then like similar principles? Um, I would say it's, it's similar practices, but different flavors so um i guess the the taoist philosophy is a little bit more technical a little bit more um maybe dry um i don't know if dry is the right word um especially talking about sexuality (laughs) (laughs) um but it's it's a little bit more like practical and technical i would say so it's really about like you know learning about your body and about um you know the different parts um and, and how you can do this in your personal practice. And then Tantra is a little bit more like mystical and magical and um, it's very connected to Hinduism. So there's a lot of um, 
you know, they bring in like the gods and the goddesses and there's multiple and, um, you know, the masculine and the feminine, whereas opposed to Taoists talk about yin and yang. Um, but basically we're always talking about the polarity of these two life forces. Mm. So these are just natural energies, positive, negative, I'm not saying one is positive or negative, but like kind of the, the term of a magnet, no? And this is a little bit what creates attraction as well um, between two people. You have kind of this positive and negative pole, this yin and yang, masculine and feminine, that come together and they want to mix those energies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, they're very similar. So also Tantra is, is, a, is, a, is a spiritual path. So it's like what, what we're talking about when we talk about sexuality is neo-tantra. So this is, people will kind of interchange the two terms, but Neo-Tantra is what um, the Western world took from Tantra, which is this, you know, uh, Eastern philosophy, this spiritual path, which is, you know, not only, um, it's not only about sexual rituals or sexual space, it's also about there's, you know, yoga asanas, there's meditations, there's ritual, um, there's a lot of different aspects of it. And I think in the 70s, this was taken um, into the Western world. It was brought to the Western world um, and kind of adapted to fit into uh, our needs and became Neo-Tantra, which is more about like um, advancing your sexual practices using different techniques. Gotcha. Okay. So I, okay. So I had them all confused a little bit. Yeah. Cause I was going <laughs> to say the, um, the Taoism, I realize now that I never even associated that with sexuality because that's actually like, um, like I have, I have a book on it. It's, I don't understand it when I read it. It's like little, um, almost like poetry in a sense. It's like little like life lessons and, you know, but yes. that's like a way of life, a way of living. I didn't even also. realize until this conversation that there was this whole like sexual component of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So again, I think Tantra and Taoism are the same, whereas they're like, they're kind of like ways of living or spiritual paths or lifestyles. Mm -hmm. Um, But they what separates them from um, other paths is that they include sexuality as Mm -hmm. a way towards enlightenment. Got it. So they include sexual rituals or sexual practices um, in order to self-actualize or to reach enlightenment as opposed to um, other religions or spiritual paths that kind of shove them shove sexuality to the side or you know villainize it or or whatever ah yeah that's so true because that is a thing in a lot of um, religions that it is um yeah i mean a lot of uh, unfortunately a lot of people who grow up in a religious like background are the like do tend to carry a lot of guilt or shame around it and um and feeling like it's like bad or not acceptable or wrong yes. if they have pleasure or not pleasure, but like um, arousal or intrigue or curiosity around it all. Exactly, exactly. And this is a, a big reason and why I say it's so normal and so acceptable if that comes up in anyone listening now, because if you look around our system, it, like we have this religious influence, we have um, you know, a very, especially in America, a very puritanical culture that's very um, surrounding or focused on productivity as opposed to pleasure or, mm-hmm. um, you know, leisure in general. Um, but actually, I think if we reclaim that space, that will bring us into our wholeness, that will bring us back into balance. Yeah. 
That makes so much sense. Mm. Oh, this is fun. I'm learning. <laughs> I'm learning and, you know, confusing some of my terms here. That's okay. That's how I learn. That's how we um, learn, yeah. <laughs> so for anyone out there who's listening, um, what would you, what advice would you give? Like, what are some personal steps that we can all begin to take to, mm. to begin to heal wounds that might be um, blocking us from connecting to this energy or that are inhibiting us from stepping fully into our truth or that, that are limiting our ability to know what our true yes or true no feels like, or, you know, like we don't even really know what is pleasurable for ourselves like if there is any kind of wounds trauma or healing that needs to occur here what steps could we take Mm, great great question I think the first step comes with awareness so one really simple practice that I would recommend um, as a beginner point is like literally a body meditation so first connecting to the entirety of your body and the sensations moment to moment so that can look like um, just speaking out loud like okay, I can feel the seat underneath my legs. I can feel the floor underneath my feet. Um, I can feel, you know, some tension in my belly, some tension in my neck. I can feel the cool air on my face. Um, Just as an example, like do this for 10 minutes. And this is literally just to connect back with your body. I think a lot of us are are very in the mind, um, especially those, those of us who are working a lot. Um, we're very stuck in the mind and and that can cause a lot of suffering. So bringing it back into the body can be so powerful. And once that's kind of mastered, um, you can bring it further, deeper into the pelvic space. So for, you know, women focusing on, um, you know, the sensations in the clitoris, in the lips, in the canal, in the cervix, in the womb, in the ovaries, in the kidneys, uh, for men that would be in the penis, in the testicles, the perineum. Um, and for both the the anus as well, we carry a lot of tension in the anus. And when we become aware of it, a lot of the times it'll go away. Um, and and literally just bringing attention here and presence. Um, I, I feel like a lot of people will find that difficult at first because of the whatever comes up, but just paying attention to what are the emotional tones. So is it guilt? Is it shame? Is it um, fear? Is it pleasure? Is it joy? Is it um, you know, it doesn't always have to be negative. It can, it can change from moment to moment. And then the second one, I, the second part, like once you have a good grip on those, um, is to self-pleasure in a different way. So we kind of have routines. So when we self-pleasure, a lot of us, um, I've heard, especially men kind of create these routines and we stick with it for a long time, like whatever works, right? So maybe that's with our vibrator. Maybe that's, um, a couple minutes of clitoral stimulation, um, but kind of like I, th- I get the sense from a lot of people that it's like a, our turn on is a little bit like this nuisance, like especially if we don't have a, a partner, like it's like, a, oh, okay, like I have to self-pleasure so I can uh, take away this feeling, no, but really relating to it in a different way and, and exploring different techniques. Um, so perhaps spending a couple more minutes, um, on the, on the full body. So caressing your arms, caressing your belly, caressing your inner thigh, your face, Um, and really warming up the whole body for like 10 to 15 minutes before going to the genitals. I think that can be very powerful for both men and women. Um, it, it expands the energy body. So it, like, I like to imagine pleasure as like, or sexual energy as kind of this, like this pressure, um, that you're building up. So like, 
you know, if you're, if you imagine like a hose and you close one end of the hose, like this ball kind of builds up. Um, and then you can like, once you build up that energy, like the longer, the more time you take to warm yourself up, the bigger that ball will be. Um, and then you can play with it and you can bring it up. You can use your breath to expand it. You can imagine like a fire, um, you know, going in all diff different directions. And as you breathe um, deeply, this fire expands to surround your whole body. Um, this is actually a technique to get to full body orgasm. Um, and then trust that naturally those traumas might come up. So it doesn't have to be, um, you know, something big, but uh, for example, this is, I think, also a Taoist uh, philosophy or one aspect of their philosophy is like the path of purification. So as we expand, as we expand our pleasure potential, as we expand into orgasm, a lot of the times we'll have a natural contraction afterwards. And in that natural contraction, it's important to be like really easy and loving and accepting with yourself. So really holding whatever might come up, whether that's an emotion or um, if there's tears or anger or um, whatever, um, just allowing that to be and allowing that to express um, and, and, you know, moving that in whatever way feels possible. Um, but you're actually like, as you're expanding, you might have these natural contractions, but you always keep expanding afterwards. Like you're actually purifying your energy body as you move all of this energy. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a good start. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. And then, and then for the rest, they can come to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. And speaking of that, how does one get in touch with you? So um, I'm mostly active on Instagram. So my handle is at 999goddesses. going to be changing it soon to include uh, the male perspective as well. Um, but for now, it's at 999goddesses. Um, and I also have a website, uh, com. Um, so that's my last name, which is very long. Hopefully you can put that like in the notes somewhere. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm actually going to be opening up a program for women in September. Um, so I'll be offering a free masterclass on September 7th for um, men and women. It's just about the female orgasm um, and kind of like these new, it's called the O formula um, and breaking down the, the orgasmic formula or the, the steps to uh, the female orgasm. Um, and then I will be launching a course shortly after for women to kind of go deeper into the space and deeper into their own sexuality and their own sexual awesome. exploration and liberation. Yes. Uh, a group course. Yes. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. I'll drop all those links in the show notes. Awesome. And the last question is just what it would be if you had to choose one, what would be the message you would want to share with the world? Whoa, <laughs> that's a big one. Um, I really love literally just like your slogan, our power is within, everything is within. Um, I feel like a lot of us are looking for everything on the outside, but it all starts in, inside. And this is something I've realized in my sexual healing journey. Our pleasure is inside of us. We have so much pleasure inside of us, even if we can't connect with it. There's so much, there's like a fountain of pleasure just waiting to be discovered. Um, if we're looking for love, like be the love that you want in the world. Like start with you, be love, radiate love, um, wealth or vitality or health. All of those things start within us. They're vibrations that we can actually cultivate. Um, and our, our, our sexuality can be a tool that helps us to get there faster. 
Mm, I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, that was so much fun. Thank you so much. I feel, yeah, I'm excited to share this with people. I know that, uh, you know, I will openly admit and be vulnerable. Like a lot of the questions that I ask, I ask because I assume, you know, they, you know how they always say, like teachers always say, if you have a question, ask it. Because if you have the question, there's a good chance somebody else has got the same question. And I noticed a lot show up for me today, you know, and, um, and it's going to be interesting to explore that where those, where those things that showed up and came up came from. And so I can only imagine that there's going to be people listening that have had, that are going to have similar experience that I did and maybe even a bigger experience. And so I think this is a really great uh, starting point to, to, make this um an acceptable topic <laughs> and yes. like just acceptable but like necessary yes i so hope so and yeah thank you for being vulnerable and for the for the awesome questions like you said i think we're slowly getting there as a society. yeah <laughs> yeah so important though and such a huge huge piece in the puzzle so yes thank you again for showing up and being here and sharing your wisdom with us that's a wrap friends what do you think fun or what did you learn some new things about yourself uh like i said i'm still exploring some of the stuff that came up for me especially when i did the re-listen to the episode i love learning about all these different facets of the self and i love learning uh, what can help me level up in this beautiful experience that we call life and i love you all so please don't forget to treat yourself to some classic neoplasticity and create some new routes, paths, and directions in your life, and also create a great week.